You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And this week we're doing another sports movie. What do we got, Matt? Oh, we have got a doozy of a sports movie. Sports in quotation marks, I guess. Um, it Well, I mean, it is a sports movie. It's just not a sport that really exists. Now, we are taking a look at, oh, not the original not the 1970s version, the 2002 remake of Rollerball. Wasting your life. The break you need is right here. If you make the team, pow. It's time to play Rollerball! It's the world's number one phenomenon. I created a sport that you could thrive in. And three players rule the game. I told you, it's the promised land. On three. One, two, three. Jonathan Cross, leading scorer. You gotta catch me first. Offense, go, go! Aurora, the Black Widow. Just get out of my way. <laughs> Marcus Ridley, hardcore. We play, we win. He's the angriest man in the game. Now we will all get big bonus thanks to Jonathan and to release. Jonathan, they knew. What are you talking about? Here, look. One camera follows the action, and four cameras follow Toba 15 seconds before it happened. Nothing goes on in this place without you knowing it. Oof. Now. It was only a matter of time before one of these creeps realized that their tape would go up as soon as they got a little blood on the track. The world's most dangerous game. Have you thought about the girl? People disappear all the time. Will become deadly. And the only chance they have. What's it gonna be, us or them? Is to fight back. Get out of the car! They're going to kill you! We deal with this on the track ourselves. This may be getting out of hand. Maybe we should cool the whole thing off. No. Rollerball. Let's play the game. Do you like roller derby? Do you like roller derby with leather? Do you like roller derby with leather in Russia? <laughs> Did you answer yes to at least two, three of those? Then we've got the movie for you. Yes, maybe. 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 We've got something like it. <laughs> we've got a, a movie based around a fake sport. I mean, obviously, roller derby's real. But rollerball is not. But rollerball isn't. Where and anything goes... There's, you know, violence is encouraged, and you've got to throw a giant steel ball into something so hard that it starts on fire. The one, th- 
the biggest aspect of this film that irritated me. This is a movie that actually made me frustrated watching it. Uh, no one knows what the fucking rules are. And in fact, after they explain it, Paul Heyman? Yes. From wrestling. W, from, you know, from W, uh, we had him in ECW. ECW at this time, then, yeah. He might have went to WCW at one time and then WWF. I don't know. Wrestling got crazy after the merger. But um, he at one time goes, I don't know what's going on. And I bet he said that at least three or four times. And I went, me too, Paul. Me too. (laughs) And then they explain the rules sort of, or he explains the rules very quickly. And then at one point in a match, a player goes, I don't know what's going on. Does is that a rule? And then like, yeah, you, no one fucking knows. No one knows. Well, even Paul Heyman at the beginning goes that, and there's a bunch more rules that are in Russian, but those don't matter. <laughs> and it's just like what? <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. Well, Paul, I, I, Paul Heyman from ECW, the announcer, is a featured actor in this film. Here we go. <laughs> and he's acting with no one else. I don't even know if he was on location with these people. They probably just showed him the dailies, and he's like, seriously? He's <laughs> like, all right, well, what do I got to say? Put me in no. a booth, and I'll do color commentary, I guess. Yeah, he's probably like, all right, give me a script. Uh, just tell me what to say. And they're like, oh, no, no, we hired you because we just talk. Yeah, just do your ECW thing. But say shit more because you can because it's not on TV. <laughs> have, yeah, have fun because we're keeping it in. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, this this movie frustrated me. So um, history behind it, I had never seen it until right now. Did not know this existed until I found it in Omaha, I think. Yeah, this is one of your recent ones. So yeah. I think this is when you stopped along the way back home. Uh, actually, I picked this up because when I first looked at the cover, I thought it was Future Sport. Which we talked about in an episode that didn't air, though? Isn't that the one we... I don't know if it had... I can't remember. It was part of our really early episode. Was that part of Python? That might have been part of Python. One of these days, the world's going to hear Python. Yeah, our very first... Attempt at this. But it's actually pretty good. Like, I listened to it. It's pretty good. Um, But uh, I think that might have been where we saw Future Sport. And we're like, we gotta see this. (laughs) I've looked all over for that damn movie. I'm probably just going to have to give up and order it. Uh, yeah, Future Sport is basically just a ripoff of the original Rollerball, but came out around the same time as the remake of Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have Harry Dean Stanton in it. Does it have Harry Dean? I no, it has Dean Kane in it. Is it Dean Kane? Yeah, Superman. All right, I'm getting my Harrys mixed up. Your Deans mixed up. My Deans, uh, Harry. Mixing Dean's... your Deans. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton is the awesome old actor, and then. Dean Cain is Superman. Dean Cain is Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn those Deans. Yep. Yeah. So uh, how do I mix up Superman and Harry Dean Stanton? I don't know what the Because fuck. Harry Dean Stanton is a real life superhero. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this movie, well, Matt, for, did you first, see it? Yeah. Let me tell you my history. So I'm an asshole and I saw, <laughs> she's just out, out the gate. Um, I saw this pop up on a lot of worst of lists in 2002, which then encouraged me to then go see the movie. <laughs> um, so I didn't rent it. I didn't, uh, see it in theaters, but after seeing it on like the worst of lists, I kind of came, gave it in the back of my mind. And then when it came on HBO, cause I think this was when they popped on HBO or, one of those networks. Um, I watched it then, but I don't know if I watched the whole thing because we'll we'll get to it in a second. But 
it pretty much just goes off the rails at a certain point. Uh, so I don't yeah. know if I watched the entire thing, but I have seen some of this in um, on HBO because I wanted to see the worst movies of 2002 because in my head in 2002 was like, fuck the critics. Let's, let's see what they consider the worst. <laughs> Oops, they were right. But sometimes uh, they're right. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they do get it right. This one's kind of just like you watch and you're like, okay. It's hard to even, like, come up with a defense for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true because I I was ready to come in when we started it, and we'll talk about this when we get to the breakdown, but, like, when when I started this movie, I was ready to come and start defending this movie. And then it goes off the rails. (laughs) Yeah, and I I thought when I first started watching this film, especially the opening scene, I go, Matt's going to like this. And then like 45 minutes in, maybe 30, I I think pretty much during the night vision scene, I go, I don't think anyone can like this. I mean, this is... And you know me so well because that's literally exactly what happened. (laughs) I got about 45 minutes into this and I was like, there's no defending. I I don't even like this. (laughs) Well, because I was searching for things to defend it because right when I saw that it it was just bad, uh, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to, we got to find something in this film. I can't just put in... Uh, Romaine Stamos's perfect body, which I, I'm not being the guy who's just like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. I give her to the sex, you know. No, it's just like when I saw her, I go, that's stupid. Yeah, that's like, not right. She, Come on, she literally can't be real. Like, no, yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, and so, like and i wish uh, you know to, to keep it equal like i wish there were some dudes in this movie that i could be like oh yeah but this dude is also incredible looking in this movie but man what a cast of goofy ass looking dudes <laughs> I don't, I <laughs> you know. get like rebecca romaine stables at the top of her game just being foin bringing that back from the last yeah. episode uh and then just a bunch of goofy ass dudes like schlubby ll cool j chris klein like at the height of all the drugs and alcohol and like yeah paul Heyman from ecw like there's no good looking dudes in this for the ladies <laughs> well what's even rough even more you know like klein is such a bad action star he is meant for comedies. I don't know why they kept trying to give him other stuff besides comedies. Well, he's not he's he's a comedic actor. That is what he does. Some people can do the, you know, staring off, you know, the thousand yard stare, is that what they call it? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some people can be Clint Eastwood. Some people can be I don't know, even Bruce Willis. Even though, you know, later on he sleepwalks through everything and we discussed that last week. But when Chris Klein was doing the cool man, he just looked kind of overmatched. Yeah, he's just, it's, I hadn't seen him at this point, I think, in like by 2002. I hadn't seen him in a movie like this. I was used to American Pie, you know? Like, why was he in this? Like, Well, well, some people can pull it off. Damon Wayans last week in The Last Boy Scout went from, you know, in living color to that, and... He makes it as a wisecracking guy who you could kind of see maybe fighting in a bar. Yeah, like he he can pull off action star, but Chris Klein cannot. No, he he's, at all. The only thing I think he could have been a soldier, but he would have had to been like I'm doing it for all the right reasons. Like he he doesn't have a bad bone in his body type soldier. He I think he plays that part in American Dreams, which is an amazing dark comedy. Oh, okay, I haven't seen it. But oh, yeah, I so mean, that's good. that's who he is. He's just like, for some reason, when he's trying to be 
aggressive, it comes off funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's too dorky or something. Yeah. So yeah. I just, he just doesn't have enough meanness in his eyes. Yeah. Something. There's not or, a cynical fucking bone in his body and you really need that edge. Or all the coke and alcohol he was doing at the time just made it so there was nothing there. Oh yeah. There's like, <laughs> the fucking director's like, emo, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, but John McTiernan, who directed this movie... Uh, of, Who's also a train wreck at this point. Of all the action movies of your childhood's fame. Um, John McTiernan directed this movie, probably also just doing in, insane, like, otherworldly amounts of coke he must have been doing to make this movie. Like, next level, past Charlie Sheen levels of coke to get this thing going. Uh, so, so basically, this is the movie that set him up to go to federal prison. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I, well, I can talk about that in the behind the scenes because I did my research on this movie because yeah. that's what I was doing instead of watching the second half of this movie. <laughs> so what I did not know about McTiernan is he's an asshole. Oh, he's a piece of shit in real life. Yeah. Yeah. The, in fact, there is the um, deposit. What do they call it? I, I don't know. Anyway, where the judge in like 2008 when she's sentencing him, she's like, not only am I upholding the old charge but I'm adding more time onto your sentence because it doesn't seem to register at you that you did something wrong. Yeah. Like she's like just adding like talking stuff. to a yeah. child. Yeah. He's like, and, and he denied it forever. Now, finally, I think he's accepted it and he's trying to get back in the Hollywood, but no, one, I, I don't know if he will. Has he? I don't think, I don't he, think has. he has broken it through. And here's no. the thing. Here's the thing though. I fucking, I would never want to hang out with this guy. I would never want to be in the same room as this guy. I would never want to work with this guy. But I fucking hope he makes another movie because yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> Predator, Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October. I mean, he's made Last some Action Hero. Last Action Hero. This guy knows how to direct an action film until Rollerball. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's get into this here. Uh, uh, well, he, let me give you the the other stuff here um, because I just want you to know the names. So this was produced also by McTiernan. Uh, Blue Sinclair, which I don't really know who it is, but Charles Roven is a name. Charles Roven, remember that name, because it's going to come back. You did your research. Uh, he is a film producer that he is the president and co-founder of Atlas Entertainment. He has worked on countless DC uh, comic book movies like the Dark Knight Trilogy, Suicide Squad, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and, and more. He's done a lot of really good films i think he was actually kind of involved in the matrix trilogy maybe i believe it as like a co-producer i don't know this guy knows his shit um and then this was based on rollerball murder by william harrison another name please remember william harrison who wrote the screenplay for the 75 rollerball uh and we've already gone through the stars uh, but so that's not really important so this movie hit theaters February 8th, 2002. This was scheduled to be released in May of yep. 2001. Yes, and then got pushed back to July so they mm -hmm. could fix some of the problems with it and then eventually pushed all the way back to February and we'll tell you why in the behind the scenes. Yeah, it ballooned the budget ballooned to $70 million and only made 29 or 25.9 million. Yeah. in the theater it was going up against collateral damage that was an arnold movie yep right? collateral damage which i remember liking when that came out i haven't seen it since but i remember liking that one is that the one where they made clones no that's six day 
Collateral damage is like just eraser again, but oh okay, without like the eraser plot. <laughs> it's just like a just a general action movie. We also had Big Fat Liar, Black Hawk Down, oh, yeah. Snow Dogs, The Count of Monte Cristo, A Beautiful Mind, I Am Sam, and Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. Ouch. Yeah, it was it was going up against some hot hot commodities yeah. it finished third in its uh first weekend at nine million trailing collateral damage at 15.1 and big fat liar at 11.5 when you have to follow big fat liar that's sad yeah oh, well that... snow dogs was like right behind it too oh god like, what a shit fucking time that's literally a wolf <laughs> yeah like god like there's some good ones in there like i like collateral damage i like black hawk down uh like lord of the rings that's you know that's there's some good stuff in there but yeah. uh there's some shit in there too <laughs> like you, this movie yeah did you see the 1975 james con starring rollerball never seen it you've never seen it well i have it uh, a little boring i don't think you'd like it um it gets better the first half is rough a dystopian future where basically the corporations are bad guys and you should do what's best for the whole. It's kind of like, you know, when you hear Fox News and they're just like, they want us all to be a bunch of socialists and capital, you know, or socialists, where they're all and communists. Like, <laughs> yeah, communists, whatever. That's kind of what that movie's sort of preaching against, and also big media. All right. Yeah, well, I, so. yeah, I've never seen it. it. It did always kind of strike me as something that I would think would be boring. Um, but I was kind of excited to watch this one because I hadn't seen any of it since 2002. Um, and this just, you know, judging, uh, I'm going to get into the cover in a second. Yeah, judging yeah. by the cover, this seems like a movie that Matt would like a lot. Yes. <laughs> so Matt, uh, break so it down. On the cover, we've got LL Cool J with, uh, on the left, Chris Klein in the center, Rebecca Romaine Stamos, who was still Stamos at the time. Um, and she's on the right. She's got her giant mask, which I fucking love in this movie, like her oh. Judge Dread mask that she has on throughout the first know, half of the movie. I didn't even know it was her. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite wonderful. Um, and then, yeah, Chris Klein is like trying to look tough and holding up the rollerball, but like it looks like his arm is too long and uh, he doesn't look tough, just period. Um, and it's in the rollerball rink arena. Uh, and then we've got a quote on the front from the Washington Post that says, turbocharged, body-slamming action. And we're also watching, we should note, the R-rated version that came out on video uh, because what came out in theaters in February of 2002 was PG-13, much to everyone's chagrin. Yeah. Uh, um, sadly, there's no real difference. And yeah, basically what the R-rated version is, they uncensored the boobies, but they couldn't put back in any of the good stuff that got taken out still. Yeah. So you get boobies, but that's about it. Some boobies. Sort of. Yeah, because some of them are still censored. Like, like you can see them, but they put a shadow on them. Yeah, it's weird. It's real it's weird. It's really, and you can tell it's in post. That's just awful. Um, you know, but why? Why neuter this to PG-13? I don't know. There, even in my research, I couldn't find the reasoning why. Like, I read about sort of, and I'll talk about it, I read about the reshoots, I read about the test screenings, everything like that, but nothing ever pointed to the fact that, like, 
hey, we should cut this down to PG. Like, I don't know whose decision it was or why they decided to cut it down so much. Well, because this is at the point where you had Scream, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and all these horror movies coming out that were R. And they were pulling in all the teenagers and getting all the money. I don't know at what point we decided to start making everything PG-13. It was around this time. It really it was. It was like the 2000. It was post 9-11, really. Uh, everything had to be neutered after twenty after 2011. I, I'm uh, just saying. Or 2001, I mean. If you're trying to make a hard action film, what? why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Steve. Let's try to yeah, find out okay. when we talk I, about this movie because I don't know. Um, we're flipping over the back here. Full tilt action is your quote from the Houston Chronicle. From the director of Die Hard. Uh, no name on that? No name, just the Houston Chronicle. Uh, From the director of Die Hard comes this high-octane thriller that roars along at a breakneck pace, the Los Angeles Times, starring Chris Klein, American Pie, Jean Reno from Ronin, or Gene Reno, as I'm going to refer to him in the rest of this because I'm from Chicago and we don't know how to do French accents. Gene? Uh, (laughs) LL Cool J, Charlie's Angels, and Rebecca Romaine Stamos, X-Men. Rollerball goes full throttle with excitement from its death-defying opening to its explosive end. Jonathan Cross Klein is the newest recruit in the most extreme sport of all time, where his fast moves and killer looks make him an instant superstar. But Cross's life is in the fast lane. Cross's life in the fast lane collides with reality when he learns that the league's owner Renault is orchestrating serious on-court accidents to boost ratings. Now Cross plans to take down the owner and, the, and his ruthless sport before the game puts an end to him. Hey. What do the French call a, a hot dog? What? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Am I right, Chicago? <laughs> Freedom fries. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when you were reading that description, I, I, I'm just like, I'm not listening to anything. I can't wait to just say this. Like, I'm from Chicago, even though I'm from Missouri, so I'm not really like that at all. <laughs> you've been here long enough that you've fucking you've earned it. Like you're. You, you, for better or worse, <laughs> are now a Chicagoan. <laughs> um, we're our own special breed here. Uh, yeah, so that's about it for our description. And I feel like actually this description helps me a little bit understand what was yeah. going on in the movie. Because I don't think I knew that watching this movie, that that's what this is about. Nope. <laughs> I didn't know what this movie was truly about until I like started reading about it i'm like oh that's what they're doing like i I got the whole like he's trying to sell it to america i never got that he was orchestrating accidents though i thought he was just trying to boost ratings any way he could that's what i I didn't understand that it was accidents that was why why it's a problem but here's the thing that doesn't like really play we're we're gonna put this tape in and watch the trailers but so you're telling me if you're going to have murder on live television, you think the states are going to buy it? Yeah, no, like, we're afraid of everything. Like, we're not going to show we that. We saw a nipple in, like, the 2004 Super Bowl and fucking flipped our shit. Yeah, like, we couldn't have anything on TV for a year. That's right, kids. In 2005, there was nothing on TV. <laughs> you had to watch reruns of Mr. Rogers, which was lovely. Which was wonderful, yes. And then, you know, Law and Order. That was it. We had nothing else because of that fucking nipple. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. Um, yeah, but uh, should we get into these trailers? Because these are pretty funny on here. These are pretty fun. Pop it in, trailer time. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. 
Yeah, we had a lot of trailers here uh, that I we had so many I kind of forgot what film we were watching. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, there's definitely a lot here. I love it when you go into the theater and like there's like 20 minutes of trailers and you're like, wait, what am I seeing this week? Man, sometimes lately, or at least the big movies, they'll have like 30 minutes of yeah, trailers. It's stupid. And by that point, I don't even want to watch a movie I'm anymore. <laughs> like I'm 36 years old and I feel 70. <laughs> like, stop it. Yeah, it's too many trailers. Uh, uh, so anyway, these ones we had MGM means great movies promo. I've seen this one before. I've, yeah, I've seen this promo a lot before. I feel like this was on the Dirty Work tape. Which, like, I wore out in the yeah. 90s because I fucking loved that movie. Dirty Work had a lot of trailers, too. Uh, yeah, MGM must have been into that at the time. And it, this might have been even on um, Disturbing Behavior, which was another tape that I, like, wore out in, in the, back in the day. Um, That's so, yeah. where our stories go down different trails. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was Disturbing Behavior and Dirty Work that I was watching at the time. Uh, but, yeah, I've seen this promo a hundred times. You guys have probably seen it a hundred times. It has, like, the James Bond stuff in there, the Hannibal stuff, the... Uh, Everything that MGM has done, like all their all their black and white movies, some like a hot is in there. Uh, Rain Man is in there, like their Oscar mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like it covers it all. Um, They've had a good run, and now they're dead. <laughs> yep. And now they don't exist anymore. Um, and now they're just selling their old shit. Yeah, and then trying to whip up fast remakes of the stuff they still do own the rights to, like Child's Play and Night of the Comet. Like, <laughs> please give us some money. Yeah. Uh, did you know then what came up next was the mgm.com yeah but they like treat it like a trailer but then all it is is just like the logo for the website and then it ends (laughs) yeah and then they put the the, yeah and it's just like come see what the roar is about and i'm like wait wait, that that's it yeah you don't even show us like screen caps from the site or anything like nothing come on but they treat it like a movie trailer they're like Coming coming to the internet. Yeah. And they're MGM.com. And we'll put all these up on our YouTube and put links to it so you can see what the hell we're talking about. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So it's pretty great. It, it might trick you too. Like yeah. you might start watching and you're like, no, no, Steve, you're wrong. This is a trailer. No, no, it's not. Nope. And then it just ends. It fades out, and then we get the commercial, the very brief commercial for Stargate SG1. Yeah. Did you watch this series at all? No. Not at all. Did you? Yeah. Uh what I started, uh, this was, I think, this was the um, Stargate starting around 2000? Yeah, maybe even like 98, 99, yeah. somewhere in there. I, for some reason, my parents had um, Showtime, so mm. I got to watch some of that. Uh, I also, so that one's got Richard Dean Williams in it. No, um, uh, no. Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson. That's right, I wrote, I wrote it down. I'm MacGyver, I wrote it down all wrong the first time and forgot to change it. Um... Yeah, he. That's interesting. He had like a short period of becoming an action star in the late '90s with Stargate, and then he just kind of that was it. That's it. Yeah, but what I what was so funny about this trailer is then it slowly morphs into a very long trailer for Showtime's new show, uh, which is called Jeremiah. This one I watched too. Yeah, I never heard of this. Yeah, I never even heard of this. How long was it? One season? Did it last? It was two seasons. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to say about twenty-five episodes. Um, you know, it had an interesting uh, premise. It reminded me of that show Jericho with Skeet Ulrich that was on CBS. That's what it kind of got the feel about, but a Showtime version of it. Yeah, I think the real problem was they were really trying to make Malcolm Jamal Warner an action star. 
And Luke Perry was okay, but Luke Perry can't he can't lead something. There's mm. there's something about him. That, He's better in an ensemble. Yeah, and I think Malcolm Jamal Warner would have been better too as like not so much an action star, but a guy you know like a fish out of water. And these two needed someone else to lead the cast, and they just didn't have it, uh, and it clearly didn't get the ratings. Interesting. Interesting premise. Uh, again, you can watch the trailer. Uh, you can look into it. It's not a bad one. Okay. It was just a, I was just kind of more taken aback by how long that trailer was. It was too long. Uh, and like I, it was making me laugh how much they wanted to show that it was like a Showtime show because they would show like maybe a monster or maybe like some kind of a bad guy, and then they would show like uh, I think it was Gretchen Mull who was in there like like making out with somebody and then like steamy maybe that was a sex scene that they show and like the tr- you know so something the show like showtime yeah. be like oh but we've got some we've got some edgy stuff in here yeah it was it was shot in like a western dystopian look yeah did you pick up on that yeah yeah i, I always find that you know if you give me dystopian western you know vampires by um carpenter uh, there's a lot of other if that look works for me and maybe it's because I'm such a big fan of the early '90s sweaty look. Yeah, it does. It definitely is like sort of that second chapter of that because like the first chapter is that early '90s sweaty look like we talked about in Last Boy Scout, and then this is absolutely like the next yeah. piece of that. Like we we almost get sweatier and dustier, and that's yeah. where we are like in this period. Uh, Deadwood, you can give me Deadwood. Deadwood yeah. has a little bit of a high gloss over it. But it's still sweaty and nasty. Yeah, it's still dusty. And muddy. Yeah. I, I just love, I love real, like, mud and blood and just all this nasty crap on the actors where you can see, like, it's hard for them to act. It's not like a high gloss movie like we're watching in yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, where, like, they, you know, they go back to their trailers and relax. You like seeing them dirty and, like, they got to suffer through this shoot. I, I think it makes for a better movie. All right. Uh, I just want to know, like, what kind of a nerd am I that, like, when that trailer started, I said out loud, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Like, <laughs> like, not like I was super excited to see him because I like him. I think he's a good actor, but, like, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of him or anything like that. But, like, like that's what my eye was drawn to. And I'm like, what kind of a weird fuck are you that like that's what you are drawn to (laughs) he's such a likable guy yeah i think maybe that's it he's just like i want i'm rooting for him always but he's honestly he just doesn't have he's miscast in that show it sounds like or like yeah they need i i I just don't think anyone knows what to do with him okay like i'm sure he's been in a lot of shit but can you remember anything else he's in no it's but i know who he is though (laughs) you see him in something you're like ha Malcolm Jamal Warner. I love you, man. Yeah, but I can't tell you like what my favorite Malcolm Jamal Warner performance is. Because there is none. <laughs> oh, man. I just felt bad right after I said that one. Uh, it's all right. He's it's coming right. to get me. Is he my uh, Robert he's, Davies? He's going to be Robert Davies. He's going to come after you. <laughs> um, Fuck, does he live in Chicago? I don't know. Maybe. He might. Uh, let's get on to Pumpkin. Uh, let's talk about Christina Ricci falling in love with the... Um, special kids yeah they use the r word quite a bit in this trailer yeah, uh that yeah. i'm not gonna say right now i haven't drinking enough uh, yeah right um but uh i've seen this movie and it's actually really good I've, are you fucking kidding me you've seen this i've seen yeah i've seen i saw pumpkin when it like came out oh. because this is absolutely my kind of movie um 
And Christina Ricci was in so many small movies that I haven't seen. Uh, it's. I mean, I don't think it comes across in the trailer, but it's much more of a dark comedy than Let's On, and it, you know, it's more of a satire of the bougie. Uh, than it is of yeah I, I didn't know what to think about this trailer uh yeah it is it's much more of a weird midnight movie dark comedy uh you know comparable to like a slums of beverly hills or but i'm a cheerleader kind yeah. of movie uh this it's, seems, it's good i liked it this seems like it was written by someone right out of college oh i'm sure it's a sundance movie so yeah, it's it's yeah. gotta be uh but i like where, where they kind of think they're clever than they really are and it's edgy and edgy yeah yeah, yeah. But I, it's, like, oh, it's man, good. no one's ever done a film like this before. And here's, the here's rest the, of us are like, well, here's the thing, kid, though. you're funny. We get it. Here's the thing. Back in 2002, though, those movies were still kind of good. When those movies come out now, I want to fucking blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah, it's tough now. Um, well, I mean, we're super sensitive for reasons that well, are, and also, like, just watch like, the fucking news. Uh, and also, like, people don't get how to do edgy well anymore. Either you're annoying about it, or you're too safe, well, or, you know, it, it, there's too many problems. Well, they're trying to play both sides. Yes. They're, they're trying to be sensitive and edgy at the same time. You're like, nah, gotta and, pick gotta pick a... Yeah, and it, you, could, you can commit fully to, like, offensive and have it work. I mean... Well, what happens is, is uh, you chase two rabbits, you lose them both. Exactly. Oh, hit me with this, some uh, old school knowledge. Yeah, some literary shit over here. Uh, that's so what yeah. happens when I drink scotch. So that's that's pumpkin. Um, next one looks like a direct-to-video movie. <laughs> uh, the Rumor of Angels. Uh, yeah, I thought this was going to be like a Christian film. It probably secretly is, for sure. Yeah. It, they did, This was back in the day when they couldn't advertise it. Well, again, I miss these days because now we get like inundated with like all these fucking God movies that would make me want to blow my yeah, brains out. fucking amazing. Oh, God, I hate them all. I keep now... Now, every time I go to the theater, I see the one for the Easter movie with Topher Grace, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, I hate all these fucking things. Topher's doing that now? Topher has fallen off. <laughs> Man's got to pay his mortgage. Got to pay the bills. I thought I thought he'd bounce back after Black Klansman, but no. Um, yeah, this looks well, bad. Well, maybe he did that before Black Klansman. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Now it's coming out because of Easter. Um, yeah, they held it, and they're like, I can't wait until that black Klansman movie comes out <laughs> so we can put our christian film out <laughs> oh gross uh hearts war with bruce willis and that other guy colin farrell That's is in it. this uh i've seen this movie i like this movie i haven't um i don't like war movies i didn't like war movies when this came out and i saw this when this came out uh and i liked it and i like war movies a little bit more but not a lot but Hearts War, I remember thinking, was like a pretty decent one. Good performances. I mean, this Bruce is already in a sleepwalking phase, but Colin Farrell's good. He looks like he's sleepwalking. Yeah. And I mean, this was probably one that he still got good marks for his performance. You know, I think people like still liked him in yeah. this movie. But I'm like, no, I know Bruce now. This is this is him cashing a paycheck. He's uh, not trying here. <laughs> and then the last one was with Helen Mirren. Uh, no such thing. I'm, I don't even remember this trailer. I, I very distinctly remember this trailer. This was a movie I wanted to see so bad in 2002 uh, because it's monsters. And I was I like monsters Wait, as a kid. Wait, it's monsters? Yeah. 
Oh, man. I already forgot that. Yeah. No, it's like Sarah Polly goes to like Iceland or whatever and finds an actual real monster oh. and brings him back to America to make him a star. Yeah. And um, is Helen Mirren like a media mogul? Yeah. Some sort? Like the, she runs a network. Um, That's right. Yeah. And wants to turn him into a star for money. Um, and I wanted to see this so bad. But in, in Chicago, it never really came to a wide release. Uh, and then, so I, I never saw it and I still to this day have not seen this movie, but I saw this trailer again. I was like, God, I really wanted to see that movie when it came out. And I like, still want to see it. Still haven't seen it though. Starring two women. So that's probably why you haven't seen it. You hate women. No, no, that's not true at all. I, uh, I just hate Helen Mirren. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I, could, <laughs> I, like, I could, I could never, I could never. How do you hate her? She's yeah, exactly. Amazing. How do you hate Helen Mirren? She's fucking wonderful. Um, now, if you said you would have hated Sarah Polly, I'd have been like, oh, really? Why? <laughs> no, I love Sarah Polly, too. After yeah. after Dawn of the Dead, she's always going to be cool with me. Everything she's in, she's good in. Oh, yeah. Both oh, yeah. Of, both of these. Yeah, both yeah, of these I, ladies. Both of these ladies. So that's great. Uh, okay, so what's actually feature presentation time after 45 minutes of trailer? And now, our feature presentation. Yes, uh, and 45 minutes of us talking about the trailer. So let's kind of breeze through this movie because I don't want to talk about this movie for a long time. <sighs> okay. <laughs> In the far future of 2005, uh, Jonathan is boarding down San Francisco highways being followed by two cameramen and this is extreme sports kids yeah. this is what we did in 2001 everything was extreme with an x uh, we you know had to do the bmxing and the boarding and all this stuff i don't even know what this whole fucking opening scene was like i was just like wait so he's getting paid by people with camera is this a tv show no, I think it's like, it's like just like the jackass thing where you film your friends oh, doing like extreme under, stuff. Yeah, underground yeah. sports or yeah, something. Yeah, this is this is what we did in two thousand. This is before the internet, kids. So yeah. we had to film our friends doing dumb shit. Uh, I did it, and then tried to get MTV to pick it up. I didn't do that. I just kept it for us. But and I still have all that footage actually. So someday I may do something with that. But uh, yeah, I I was like this i didn't i didn't do any of the stunts though <laughs> i just filmed my idiot friends doing it but this is what this was this is what we did in 2001 yeah okay i mean so did i uh, <laughs> uh yeah so i guess it's illegal the cops chase him how the fuck did ll cool j's character marcus know where he's gonna be this had to he just like cuts. finds him and then it's just like grab hold which is a shot i remember from the trailer and, oh yeah, that's a trail. Oh yeah, yeah. And he yeah. grabs hold of the seatbelt to pull him in the car. Um, but he like loses his board, and he loses and he his board really along pissed. the way. Yeah, he's like, "Oh my board." Um, okay, did you pick up that he was an NHL um, hopeful draftee? Yeah, he says he. It's not in the movie. He just says it. He like there's it's it's a tell, not show. Um, he goes. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm still trying out for NHL. And LL Cool J is like, no, you got to come join this thing. This is where the money's really at. I just haven't gotten the break I need. You know, NHL tryouts are in three months. John, the break you need is right here. They'll cover your travel, give you a 5K bonus just for showing up, and if you make the team, pow. Ah, come on, Red. That's a circus, not a sport. It's pretty sunset, though. It's the mines. What is? The dust from the mines that makes the sunset red. Look, come on. We both know cash is king. I'll last two more years. I have enough to retire. Support my family for life. They love Americans over there, especially baby-faced boy-next-door types like you. It'll be just like high school. You run our block. Besides, it's a place where even a doofus-ass white boy like you can get laid. <laughs> All right. That's right. 
appreciate the offer, but I should stick around, you know? This is my year to make pro. I tried. Luck with that. My flight leaves at 9 p.m. tonight in case you change your mind. This is how we're introduced to Rollerball because our main character then obviously joins it. Within the first, like, five minutes, we are in. It's like four months later, Rollerball. Like, fucking yeah, waste I, no I, time. I don't. To me, what's cool about sports movies typically is the struggle to get on top. Nope, he's already there and he's already super famous because yeah. he's white and good looking. Could you imagine if Rocky, he's just like, oh, I'm down on my luck. I'm collecting money. I'm champion. Yeah. And that's how this movie starts. Five minutes we're into it. Yeah, they just start like, could you imagine Rocky 2 being the first Rocky where he's just, like struggling with advertisements? He's already on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's basically what this is here within the first five minutes. Um, because then he's got to advertise the bottle of pop he's drinking. Uh, he's oh, like, yeah, turn the label yeah. so they can see it. You know, it's very, he's already in it. Like he, we're already in this world a little too fast. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out about the beginning, Chris Klein's haircut in the, uh, like before he goes over to Russia when he's doing the boarding thing is so bad. It's like, it's like down to his ears. So it's like normal haircut level, but somehow it's long. It's like long, but then cut short. It's so insane looking. Was it the butt part with the undercut, but they didn't have the hair long enough? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was a wig also well, too. It, it was also like, that was like a 95 haircut. Yeah. Like it was lame for 2001. I mean, we still looked pretty fucking lame in 2001. No, he should have had like but, spiked uh, hair. Which he does when he gets, it's short, but he does have the spiked hair when he gets but to Russia. I'm just saying Russia. like, that's what we were doing. I remember, what was it? Uh, the Caesar cut? Was that oh, this yeah. time period? Yeah. Oh man, we looked bad. Like I don't want to. Of all the it. of all the fashions that come back, like the '90s came back, '80s came back. I hope to fucking god the 2000s never come back because we looked or horrible. Least, or at least my photos. Oh, <laughs> well, people don't know what I looked like in 2001. <laughs> Awful. That's what I looked like. Um, let's let's get back on track because fuck talking about my uh, tips. Um, <laughs> Man, I have frosted tips until like. 2010 maybe i went too long with it <laughs> i had so many different uh hair colors when i was in uh you know going through my traditional art training mm. uh oh man oh good times good oh, times man. i wish i would have been even i just wish i would have went extreme and got like fucking liberty spikes just go all out uh young steve own it own own it like <laughs> own your brand own yeah. your look Go oh, go God. for it, uh, you fuck. <laughs> so so anyway, Chris Klein is now a superstar over in Russia playing rollerball. Um, and at this point in the movie, I realized that this movie is way too cropped for VHS because there are literally shots that make no sense. And I know this movie was chopped to hell, but I also feel like there are scenes where I'm just like looking at people's feet and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, like, like something important got cut out of this shot, like in the well, full frame. They're all, how about the new guy who comes over to Rebecca Romaine Stamos when she was the Black Widow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the new guy comes and goes, hey, I'm the new guy. And she goes, so? And they like basically give that new guy two little funny fish out of water jokes and then never show him again yeah 
And I'm like, uh, so what was the point of that? Oh, right. This movie's been cut to shit. But then also, besides just the movie being cut to shit and the framing being cut to shit, in that shot, because Rebecca Romain Samuels is so tall, she is in most of the foreground. This guy is in the bottom left fourth of the screen, and the <laughs> shot is just atrocious. And you're like, either put him in or don't. You know, like, in I, or out, in or out, man. <laughs> we we watch enough movies, especially you, where we start to notice things. I think people who don't even look for that might notice that this is wrong. Right. There are even even at this beginning scene and and sort of for the first chunk of the movie, there are literal parts of shots that are missing yes yeah. it literally clips while you're watching it you notice the edit there because there, stuff is just clipped right out of the middle of a shot in the middle of a scene uh and then oh it's really raining outside there's the rain uh, i brought sorry, my umbrella it's sorry okay. if you can hear the rain chicago's getting freezing rain right now because chicago is fucking great it's the best i got my umbrella i don't think that was a chicago accent i just did there no i think it was like a mismatch just have bullshit. me say it <laughs> say rain for us rain <laughs> i can say hot dog hot dog yeah yeah um some of my Missouri fucks things up. But anyway, talking about fucked up, uh, did you notice some of the shots were out of focus? Yeah, and I, I don't know, again, if this was the cropping for the full frame or if this was just like they didn't fucking care and they were just I, like, it's out of focus, just leave it. Leave I, it in the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know because the cuts were so fast and so shaky. Yeah, there there's w- not there's literally not a shot longer than three seconds in the first 30 minutes of this movie. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's so fast. <laughs> Uh, it, it's so the whole point of this is uh, one they they introduce this sport and they incredibly fast go through like basically put the metal ball in the hole after you skate around once one full rotation and you get points and you have to throw the ball so hard that it flames a team must go around the track twice maintaining possession of the roller ball before they can score it's really that simple as simple as using a lifestyle, premium condom before sex. The ball must be held at all times. Player gear may be only used to dislodge the ball or prevent a score. A team gaining possession must first do the rabbit hole. That's that killer tunnel above each bench. Then make one circuit to enemy territory, and then they are eligible to score. All you really have to know is there's only one way to score, and that's when a player takes one of the balls, wings it, and one of the iron goals hard enough to set off the pyro. As for the rest of the rules, well, the rest of the rules are Russian and complicated. You know, yeah. like that's your movie. That's that's all you. That's need. your movie. That's like, done. Why don't? Why doesn't he just like this guy in wherever Katsaskan, whatever they're from, um, Russia somewhere? Why don't he? He just has like illegal sports, and they all go there for this. And they know they could die, but they all get paid like a shit ton of cash after each game. And you're like, hey, you know you're part of something illegal. It's your fucking fault. Um, This is more like, hey, man, it's like extreme, but no one's going to die. People are going to get hurt, but it's nobody's going to (laughs) die. What? uh, And by the way, uh, uh, his his London uk uh friend that's a for the the actor from lost uh oh naveen andrews he's really good in this 
I couldn't pay. I just didn't pay attention when he was on. Well, I, I was just like, much... I was just like, give me more rollerball, but like not though. Well, <laughs> he he is really uh, him and uh, Jean Reno, um, or how are we saying it? I forgot. Uh, the Chicago way, Gene Reno. Yeah, <laughs> Gene Reno. Uh, they they Gene Reno's uh, Russian accent just goes away. Yeah, he goes from like I'm gonna do Russian to like I'm still just French. <laughs> yeah, and, and halfway through the film, he's just like, I don't fucking care because he can't yell in Russian. When he gets mad, he just goes French. Yeah, uh, which is hilarious. I, I was just I was just thinking about Gene Reno because a few days ago, for no reason whatsoever, I watched the 1998 Godzilla, um, which he is in, and I was like, man, they can't get this guy to do anything else but be the French guy. Like, that is all well, he can do in all these American movies. He started coming over to America to make money, and then he's just like, all right, I got, like, ten of them under my belt. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I and think he started to do that, too, and then yeah. he just retired. Well, he's no, he's still acting, but he's doing more French movies now. Yeah, okay. So well, he and, is in able America, to, that means you've retired. Yeah, he doesn't do very many You're American, American movies. You're not American movies no more. Fuck you. Yeah, right. Uh, You're he's, dead to me. he's back to doing good movies again because <laughs> he's not doing rollerball or godzilla anymore uh so did you ever see him in that old japanese uh commercial he did no he did a japanese commercial where it was uh, uh, something like he was trying to speak japanese and he couldn't because he's french uh, oh that sounds super familiar yeah, i think i might have seen that actually it's really funny it's just like when i'm in japan and then they're like, no, no, say it in Japanese. And then it does that, like, click over where it's like mm. a new cut. And he goes, and then he tries to speak Yeah, I Japanese. think, I, I think just, I've seen that, yeah. He just butchers it. It's fu- so funny. Um, I don't know what it was for, though, because the Japanese commercials are insane. Yeah, like the one with Robocop in it where he's, like, uh, giving them uh, uh, tempura battered shrimp or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, they're wonderful. But uh, him and um, Rajay, Rajay, whatever that character's name is, I don't remember. Um they are trying to put together a sport that they can sell to North America. And they say North America. Yeah. Um, but let's be honest, it's U.S. It's, uh, it's America, America. <laughs> yeah, and during this time period, this is when UFC was becoming popular. And wrestling. Snowboarding. Was wrestling at, well, wrestling was at its peak. This was yeah. the height of wrestling. Like, no wonder Paul, whatever his name is, is in the movie. This was the height of well, wrestling. This was like at the end, tail end of the Attitude Era. Yeah, which was like the big even wow. even if you weren't into WWF Attitude Era, this was the height of ECW. This was the height of WCW. Whichever faction you were into, this was the height of it. And if you were a loser like me, you were in all three. Oh, I was. When a, I came into college, we fucking watched ECW. Like and we were just like, this is real wrestling. I was uh, from nineteen ninety nine through two thousand one. I was I was mostly into WWF, but I was pretty into ecw too wcw could fuck off when i was like when i was that age yeah. but like well, uh, considering I was, we watch vhs tapes in 2019 we're clearly the kids who are watching ecw <laughs> i think that says everything that needs to be said about what this podcast is who we are that defines everything and another defining thing i think uh to talk about with this movie is about the first 30 minutes where most of it is the first rollerball game most of it like it goes on for a long time i don't know and we get the, we get the exposition kind of around the game but we are seeing the game this is where matt fucking loves this movie you could tell it's frankenstein together yeah. nothing makes sense no shot lasts longer than three seconds uh there's new metal playing 
constantly and i'm like this is amazing yeah, i am I, into this i, I love this when all this like bullshit new metal was playing and it's not like i hate new metal it's just i hate it because i know executives are like what's cool right now metal exactly metal? exactly right. like it's it's old white guys trying to tap into the pulse of what the kids like and that's why it's in here uh but Here's the thing. When I was 12, when this movie came out, I was super into new metal. <laughs> I can probably guess half the soundtrack on this movie. And I, I don't even know what it is. But uh, we probably had some... Here Comes the Boom. Yes, P.O.D. is in this. P.O.D. is in this. There's probably some corn. There's no corn, but there no. is Slipknot. Slipknot. Slipknot is in the movie, for fuck's yeah, sakes. Exactly. <laughs> Pink was in the movie. Pink is in the movie, but does not have a song on the soundtrack because she's not new metal. And um, she's a woman. Well, and that too. Um, yeah, P.O.D. is on the soundtrack. So get this. I looked up the soundtrack. Um, so, and obviously, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but there were two Rob Zombie songs in the movie. Um, Hoobastank is on there. Uh, oh, Drowning there? Pool is oh, on there. Oh, Drowning Pool. Yeah, um, that would have been a good one. But then get this. So on the, uh, this whole soundtrack of all new metal bands, uh, Godsmack's on there. Everybody oh, from Of course, Godsmack. Come on. Green Day has a song on the soundtrack. Oh, I, I, <laughs> you could have gave me 100 guesses. I wouldn't have hit Green Day. Right? And it's When I Come Around. Also, it's not like a fast Green Day song either. What? And that is on the soundtrack, the purchasable soundtrack for this right. movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that... Did you notice the instant worldwide ratings? Yes. Like clock? Yeah, they had a clock. And when when the uh, mentally handicapped guy gets his face beat, there's something wrong with, like, right? Like he's, something's up with him. The Uh, big guy. Olga or uh, Oleg? No, not Oleg. It's the guy who's like his friend at the beginning. Oh. They kind of like I Am Sam him at the beginning a little bit. I don't know what they're trying to do. And yeah, it's whatever they're doing it's highly offensive um but uh well, yeah because that was the one put on your helmet was that yeah and then and then his helmet falls off during the middle of the match and somebody smashes a rollerball no in that's his face. that's oleg that's oleg no i think you're thinking about the guy who was on the bench right where the uh asian girl was yelling at him I don't know. I just, I literally just watched this movie like two hours ago. (laughs) I don't know. And there's a point in the movie where they say, where are you from? She goes, I, and then she starts to say, and then one guy in the background goes, Asia. And I was like, wow. Yeah. No, like, wow. This movie has like a, a, a really inclusive, like female and male and all over the world cast, but then still managed to be as offensive as humanly (laughs) possible. Well, I mean, I was like, okay, it's supposed to be because this is a unisex uh, locker room where... Yeah, we get the Starship Troopers thing where they all change in front of each other. But they all cover their boobies and their butts and their yin- and their wing-wings. Yes. That's what the technical term. If yeah. we're going to use the technical term for it, they're wing-wings. Uh- <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it's a unisex... Um, it's a unisex locker room with no balls. Yes, it's the PG thirteen unisex yeah, bathroom. Come we on. do we do get a couple boobies in this one because this is I, the R rated cut, yeah, but they're very just, fast. Yeah. Um. Well, they're shadow boobies. And like, but you can see if you pause them as a kid, a thirteen year old. Yeah, you you'd could be able see, to see them. But like, even even as a thirteen year old, twelve year old, 
I just didn't have time for rollerball. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, I was like, I could probably see boobs in this movie, but, like, nah, I've got bigger fish to fry. Like, I don't even need to waste my time with this she one. She could have showed boobs in Bush. No 13-year-old is having this as their uh, pause moment. Yeah. Because it just would have been like, this movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I need something else. Um, but, yeah. So, we... And, and and then also, like, my argument that I always make, there's never enough peen in movies, if we're going to use the other technical term for the yeah. wing-wing. Wing-wing, uh, peen. peen. Uh, uh, but uh, there's never enough peen in any of these movies. And I, Rollerball is your perfect movie to get somebody's wing-wing in there. Yeah. Like, I, would, I would hire just a wing-wing actor. Right. Just get a good-looking male model Show his wiener in the movie for the other technical term for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Show his wiener in the movie, and then you get some boobies walk by. Everybody's happy, and this yeah. is the kind of movie you do that with because it's a trashy, trashy, offensive movie. Throw a dick at me. <laughs> I don't know why they don't have the balls to throw some dick at you. Yeah, I don't know either. All I'm asking for is some dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, I'm just gonna take that line audio and fucking loop it, loop it. <laughs> All I'm asking for is some dick. All I'm asking for is some dick. All I'm asking for is some dick. And you can, because it's true. In my trash well, movies, I, I, I always want more peen. Um, here's my whole thing is like, um, it, it's breaking through a little bit, especially after we watch Revenge. I've now seen a lot of movies where we get some ying, some Wing Wang, some Long John Silver, some yes. Balls of Justice. Yes. I mean, all the technical doctor terms. Yes, all the doctoral terms. For the wiener but um, man they they were little bitches in the 80s 90s and 2000s yeah i was so afraid of all that so but anyway if there was ever a better movie to have just like excessive nudity this was it yeah missed opportunity this is the scene too yeah you do you do starship troopers which did have peen well, and uh, boobies in it well we had robocop judge dread battlestar galactica even though that didn't have any nudity in it like these movies had more courage than you yeah and this didn't go for it judge dread had more cur- I don't think there was nudity in Judge Dredd actually, so let's not use that. But you know, if you like, if you want to be remembered, Starship Trooper it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, duh. Um, so uh, I'm yeah, still into yeah. the movie though at this point. Well, I'm still Ole- giving it the benefit of the doubt. So Oleg's chin strap is cut, but what I found ridiculous about this is Jonathan doesn't even button his. And Oleg looks fine after this. He gets smashed in the face. He gets hurt, but he's not dead. Well, I thought they were going to be like, oh my God, they broke his neck. He's going to be in the hospital. Yeah. Maybe the They just new- write the character out of the movie, basically. No, Oleg stays in the rest of the movie. Where does he show back up? He's in the, he's in the, the nightclub where he's just like, they cut, they cut my helmet and they brought it to Jonathan. And then Jonathan goes to uh, Jean. Is it... A- I we swear I'm crossing characters. characters. I swear be. I'm crossing a character here. So is Oleg playing like Oleg is semi-mentally re- handicapped though at the beginning? No, that's just him. No. You're no. A, you're, Am I projecting you're this into this movie? <laughs> you're like, you this are- is the kind of movie that would do that now, though. Now, now he is a former UFC fighter who's probably had like 20 concussions. But I thought also, they were like purposely trying no, to have him I think be. He, I think he sounds oh, like that because no. English is a second language. Oh no! Wow, this podcast got highly offensive, <laughs> and it's me this time saying like the. Yeah, usually thing. I'm trying to be offensive, and I, here is me being like, "I am Sam in no, this movie." And like, this Jesus is, oh, Christ! Fuck it. I was gonna save this for the end. So Oleg, is this real guy's name? Oleg. Uh, 
Tara, Tara Nock, I can't remember. Uh, I used to watch him in high school as a UFC fighter. His name was the Russian Bear, and my older brother, I would get him in the Russian Bear headlock. Even though he didn't really do this, but it was my wrestling character. So in 2004, I think, 2004, 2005, uh, one of the first couple years I was up here in Chicago, I went to a con. And do you remember when the con would have a bunch of porn stars oh, and yeah. wrestlers? I never got to and, go to any of those, but I yeah. always wanted to go because of the wrestlers. Not not yeah. even the porn stars yet because I was still well, super no, into wrestling. I, well, <laughs> only the creepier... Creepy old men went to the porn stars. All of us young kids are like, I'm not going to talk to a porn star. Yeah, like, like I've watched their movies, but like I want to go talk no. to Mankind over there. <laughs> yeah. well, if Mankind would have been there, he'd have had the longest line because he's fucking amazing. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, so a bunch of wrestlers. And then they had a couple, I would say about six or seven UFC fighters. And this guy, I think, was coming off. I remember on his, uh, you know how they have banners above their heads where it reminds you of what movies they're in? Well, he oh, yeah, it yeah. said Russian Bear UFC, and then it showed him as a a goon in National Treasure, and I think a goon in Air Force One. I want to say. I don't remember. Him I think he that, was like a I Russian, a Russian goon on the plane. But anyway, uh, I knew who he was. And I'm like, holy shit, I know that guy. That's the Russian bear. And my friend Jeremy at the time was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, I used to watch him. So uh, the end of the day was happening on a Saturday. And he clearly was packing up to leave because he wasn't going to stay the Sunday. He probably didn't make any money. Mm. Uh, I barely saw many people in his line. So I was like, Jeremy, I'm going to go meet him because I know who it is. And Jeremy's just like, okay, bye. Um so, Jeremy, if you're listening, you can remember this. Uh, I walked up to his line. Which, which sounds like when me and you go to conventions now, what I do to you. Where yeah. You're like, I go talk to this person. I'm like, I'm going to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I go talk to this guy and go, hey, man, um, sorry I couldn't talk to you earlier. It looks like you're packing up. You know, I just wanted to say hi. Uh, I used to watch you. I used to wrestle with my older brother, and I used the Russian bear uh, hug on him where you put him to sleep. And he was the nicest. He stopped what he was doing. He came over. He sat down. He's like, oh, you did that. He's like, how did you do it? And, and um, you know, I, I just was like, well, you know, I got him like this. And he's like, put me in it. And I was like, are you? <laughs> and so I did it to him. And then he go, and then he's just like, oh, do this. And then he put me in a, a little bear hug and we're, we're laughing and everything. And, and I go, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it was $20. Yeah. And I put in my pocket. I only had $12. And I'm like, oh, man, I only have 12 And he goes, for Russian Bear Jr., 10 will do. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I gave him $10. I had to run across the place to grab someone to take my camera at the time, like the old shitty yeah, digital yeah. camera, yeah. to take the picture, which was hilarious because he put me in a, uh, a sleeper hold, a bear hug. That was the second person I had gotten a sleeper hold picture with because the first one was Lou Fregno as the Hulk. So I have a fetish for big men <laughs> putting me in sleeper holds. <laughs> uh. And also kids. And you thought he was mentally <laughs> challenged. <laughs> I really did. I thought there was a mentally like challenged character in this film. And I was like, ooh, movie. This is a bold choice. 
Apparently, I'm just projecting uh, and, on this movie. And he's the sweetest man I've ever met. I'm sure he is. I don't mean to be offensive. I love it. I love it because you're like, you're not that person. And I just, I fucking want to grind this. But I, <laughs> as not that person, I also find this to be fucking hilarious. But I think it also is a testament to the ineptitude of this movie where I cannot keep any kind of track of any characters in this. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even matter because then like they leave the game or the club and Jonathan goes to meet, um, I almost said Renee Zellweger. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Rebecca Romaine Who, Stamos. I don't realize they have a relationship at all together, and he just immediately puts his face in her boobs. And I'm like, do you guys even know each other? <laughs> uh, well, it's the happiest spot on earth. Uh, uh, well, she is power-packed. Yeah, she I, is I, I, a stacked woman. I think she's a 3D model. Yeah, she does not look real like she really doesn't she doesn't no, look real it's, it's stupid it's not fair and uh she's probably uh i would assume the world's first fully functional sex robot <laughs> that's what that's what you'd think she was in this movie because they don't even have a line of dialogue yet and he just goes face into boobs and then they're naked on the ground <laughs> like <laughs> and yeah apparently she has like a cut Around her eye. And that's means. why she wears the Judge Dredd mask throughout the the races. And it's like, and she's like, and he's like, I wish you wouldn't hide your face. It, and then he says the line, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, like that. Yeah. Like, like as if to say, it's kind of bad, but it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> Actually, it's awesome because if someone that perfect had a blemish like that, it would be better. Uh, yeah, and he delivers the line as if, it's not that bad. <laughs> Cut. I like it. Let's go. Good enough, Chris Klein. <laughs> Moving on. It fucking took 28 takes. Why can't you talk, you coked up fuck? <laughs> you think we could do this in a bed sometime? You know, with sheets and stuff? We've been through this. It should be our secret. Hmm. How could I forget? It could be used against us. <laughs> against me. You're untouchable. Come on, Aurora. You don't need to hide all the time. I don't. Yes, you do. You live in the dark, for Christ's sake. Your face isn't nearly as bad as you think. I know that. Yeah. That's why you always turn your left side to people. I, I don't always turn. At this point in the movie, I'm still in. <laughs> I'm still yeah. like, this Frankenstein mess of a movie is hilarious. But then we get to... Oh, then it gets bad. Then we get to about the point, and this is where it all just muddles together. We get another mm-hmm. rollerball mm-hmm. scene, and then we get the night vision scene. And we just, let's skip ahead to just the night vision scene. Yeah, I don't even remember the second rollerball movie. I can't remember it, but they're running for their lives because they're like, well, we have to get out of the country. Because they know they cut the thing and they know they're purposely doing this to hurt the whatever, to get ratings. And somehow they got a motorcycle and they're on the motorcycle. And the decision was made by someone to just go, you know what? We're going to shoot it all in green night vision. And here... Okay, so I have a theory about it for one. And for two, here's the cra- this is a crazy behind-the-scenes fact. So this was in the original cut. There was a night vision scene. And uh, it tested with audiences horribly. 
So their choice. So get rid of it. They reshoot the entire night vision scene, but still in night vision. They're like this. They don't get like the studio doesn't get like the thing people don't like about it is that we can't see a fucking thing that's happening and it's in night vision. They're like, oh well, our but, night vision scene isn't working, so we're gonna reshoot the scene entirely, but still do it in night vision. Why? What? <laughs> like, is there someone with binoculars watching them in night vision? There's no reason why. Then why have it in night vision? Just if. You can you do it dark? You can do it dark. That's yeah. fine. Or like, because it's at night. Or like fake night vision, like uh, Silence of the Lambs. This looks like they're shooting it in a real, like Best Buy camera night vision. No, it's terrible. I I assumed in post production they just put green stuff on it. I don't know because the way their eyes white out, I feel like they shot this I, in actual night vision. I think they did, which um, is even more of a shame. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. Like there's no like, there's nothing to make you think we need to see this in night vision. And all here's okay. Here's my theory. Here's my maybe maybe theory why they chose to do this. Was the Paris Hilton sex tape around this time? Was that popular? Was that on people's consciousness? I feel like it was. I, I thought that was later. Oh, was it later? It, I don't know. Because if it was around this time, they were maybe like, well, maybe we could turn this thing that's popular into an action scene. It's oh, 2004. Okay. okay. I'm right. very wrong. Okay, never mind then. There, what? What is the fucking purpose then of having this in night vision? I don't know. And uh, also... Well, wasn't it shot also somewhere in green? Wasn't there green night vision? Am I making that up? What? That something is green in the movie? Yeah, wasn't there like green? You know how like a sniper would look? No, that's how this is. I'm saying it looks like actual night vision and not post night vision. Oh, okay. I'm saying that it looks like they shot it in night vision as opposed to post converting it to night vision because of the way the eyes white out and the way the gunshots flash. That would be even dumber because you got to shoot it in regular film because then you could save it. Exactly. <laughs> no, that is what I like. What I am saying about this scene, like, oh, you like, think they like fucked it all? They're like, this is terrible, and it's like, well, we don't have anything else. Yeah. Okay. We, well, let's do reshoots and just do the same thing again. Like, oh, that would. Oh, my, I, oh wow. I, that's what I'm saying about this. Like, this looks like it is not post converted to night vision. This is in night vision like they shot this entire which like I listeners just, i just looked down at my note my note says night vision huh well that's a decision a regrettable one yes <laughs> listeners if you've never seen this movie too this scene goes on for about 15 it's, minutes <laughs> yeah and klein is like sitting there jonathan is sitting there doing uh he's basically being the audience he's like come on you gotta go first he complains he's going too fast then he's like, oh, man, you got to go faster. They're gaining on us. They're gaining on us. What kind of car do they have? Oh, my gosh, it's a plane. And you don't have to say that. We see it. <laughs> well, actually, they do because in the night vision, I can't fucking tell a goddamn thing that's going on in this scene. I can, well, you could hear it and see it. Now he's like, they got a plane, man. And then, like, Marcus turns around, what? And he's like, they got a plane. And I was like, uh, I, uh, yeah, okay. and, the, and at this point, too, this is when we lose LL in the movie because he drives off on the bike and apparently they just gun him down and that's it. Well, the funny part was is the, the head bad guy played by Jean. Uh, shit, what are we calling him again? Gene Reno. Gene Reno. <laughs> Gene Reno like, goes, wait, let's see if he makes the jump on the bridge that came up. And he makes the jump and then they shoot him right before he gets to the 
whatever the border yeah when he almost gets away what the hilarious part is is chris klein basically is like he's supposed to be feeling remorse this is his best friend his u.s connection you know the guy that brought him into this they played high school football together and, and the guy who's like looking after him he's kind of playing his big brother and he's just like he there's like so little emotion on his face yeah i'm assuming because it's paralyzed from cocaine because <laughs> i was yelling at the film i go look like you just lost your friend you're not even fucking crying yeah yeah and, and then also besides him the movie just moves on too we lose one of our main characters and they're just like all right anyway so remember you liked rebecca romaine right she's now one of the leads and it's like (laughs) and by the way he's supposed to be a star with a shit ton of fans and like it's just you know there's no fans with his jersey on and he's just like kind of the worst he looks like he hates it the whole time i well i think he's supposed to be playing it like he's just doing it to make money for his family which we never see his wife or his children he has a wife and children he's fucking rebecca romaine no, Jonathan's fucking him. Marcus. Oh, oh yeah, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, we never see his... Fa- we never get any of his story other than what he tells us. Yeah. There's no show. Oh, no. I'll tell. <laughs> if there wasn't dialogue for him, you'd never have any story. Yeah. It, it's it's terrible writing. Now, the original script for this, I'm sure, is much better because everyone says it's better. Yes, yeah, so that's the, so that's another behind-the-scenes thing, but I'll, t- I'll tell you now. Yeah. The, but, the screenplay was supposed to be better than the original and one of the best scripts around town when they were going to make this. It was supposed to be one of the best scripts out and better than the original. And McTiernan came in and got hired and he was like, I want to make it a WWF movie. And he cut all the good stuff out. That makes That's probably why. He probably requested to get someone like Paul Heyman in here. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That makes... Yeah. I, I read that he like just shat on the original script and even though people were like it's great people were like this movie might be a masterpiece and mctiernan was like nah i want to make a wrestling movie what, <laughs> what makes the first film so interesting is the social commentary and he just took out the most interesting part of it well like the social commentary that's here is not very smart social it's very obvious it's well, like the brand thing that i mentioned earlier and it's like the 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 viewer count but it, you have to go farther in the right. satire yeah you have to push it to make it well, resonate the, the social commentary in this is like poor people are misused and i'm like yeah that's not like that's not anything new there's no yeah. there's no funny satire in it where it's, it's over the top it's the easy easy way it's this yeah, is not it's like, just like poor people are mistreated no fucking shit what else you got for me yeah this i mean this movie does the exact same thing that the death race remake does where death race 2000 the 70s roger corman one is just rife with great commentary and is so funny and is so ridiculous and over the top and then paul ws hack anderson comes in and is like you know all the stuff that worked in the first movie we're gonna take it out and we're just going to make it about fast cars. <laughs> I think that's the difference is a lot of those movies in the 70s and 80s like that, they didn't have the budget to do all these crazy special effects. So they had to really concentrate hardcore on making a very clever, smart script. Yes. And then they would piece together what they could with the special effects. These movies now are like, nah, I don't give a shit about that. Well, and, and I'm a visionary director. Yeah. Which, like, McTiernan can direct action, but, like, might be an actual certifiable crazy person. So, like, 
Is that offensive? Is this my most offensive episode? <laughs> I yeah. Um, is I, it is this my worst work yet? <laughs> yippee kaye, motherfucker! <laughs> Shit happens. You're not a bad person. You're just a horrible person. I'm <laughs> just the worst. Uh, but you know, actually, McTiernan. I think him actually being crazy is what makes a lot of his movies uh, fascinating. Because I think in Die Hard, if I'm wrong, please uh, correct me in the comment section. But I think he's the one who uh, put the brother who falls down. Or no, no, he puts him in the elevator and it says, ho, ho, now I have a machine gun. That was all made up by McTiernan. Okay. Yeah, no, I believe that. I think. I could be completely false on that. And uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go with truth. Yeah, we make the truth Works for the president. Yeah, we make the truth here. So if anybody else can do it, you know. Oh, yeah. By the way, this film, uh, Jonathan comes back and flies up in the air jump kicks through glass to kick uh the bad guy in the gene face. reno gene reno <laughs> i don't remember his the the character's name i don't care uh he he like fucking jump kicks him in the face right he yeah he flies up in the air off the rink kicks through the glass like the hockey glass so like the hard to break glass uh, kicks through yeah. it and then kicks him into the wall so the stuff made to stop a hundred mile an hour hockey puck he has enough speed and force to go through. Yes, because he's Chris Klein, you know, the strongest man alive. <laughs> I guess. Um, and then uh, he hunts him down in the hallways. Like the the poor people rise and then like start like a I don't know like a mob, and then all the rich people back off, and I guess the mob takes over. Uh, oh, also the Black Widow. Rebecca Romaine Stamos gets traded to the opposite team. I have no idea what the point of that is in the story, other than maybe to piss Chris Klein off. But then, like, then after they, like, get their revenge on Gene Reno and, you know, the people rise up or whatever, they get taken to the hospital. Rob Zombie song, credits. Yes, Rob <laughs> Zombie, yes. <laughs> I know, as soon as I heard that, I go, oh, it's fucking Matt's gonna love this. <laughs> well, talk about, like... Either not knowing how to end your movie, or just like deciding to like, all right, we're just gonna put the credits no, I, here. I, like, there had to be multiple endings to this because one, what would have been great. I actually in my notes, I cheered. This is what I said: Sanjay, kill him! Don't give away the element of surprise. Damn, Jonathan lived. <laughs> <laughs> I was cheering for Jonathan to die because he was so lame, but he kills mega Russian bad guy. Which, by the way. Can we just say they missed the boat on Russian bad guy by like 15 years? Yeah. Like we're done with that. We're uh, back to it now, but like, cause we have a real yeah, life Russian bad guy it, running our country. In but <laughs> in the early two thousands, even before nine 11, it was Brown people. That's, that was the movie villain. That was the yeah. movie villain. We, we went from Russians to natural disasters and aliens and shit. And then we're like, Oh, let's move on to terrorists. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and now, but for some reason, they're like Russians. Remember that? And we're like, well, we're we're over that now, yeah. but we're back to it. We're now. We're back so to it now because <laughs> they're actual bad guys. Um, yeah. Uh, so the Rob Zombie song at the end fucking cracked me up. But like, there's no ending to this film, and that's it. Like we have, we. I mean, we've talked for an hour and fifteen minutes so far about this, but like, that's what you get with rollerball and i'm still not sure what we got with rollerball <laughs> uh we got a bloated high gloss shitty well 
Probably good script. It's a bloated, high gloss piece of crap. It's a Frankenstein movie that, yeah. like, for in my opinion, for the first half works because it's just so ridiculous that, like, it doesn't like it's almost like saying like "fuck you, we don't care, we're gonna be ridiculous." And then the second half tries to have story and just loses me. Yeah, yeah I think where it gets really bad for me is after we be, uh, meet the real Black Widow, you know, behind the mask. And then we start to get into, no, you don't understand. The Russian, I don't know, rollerball bosses control everything. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, movie. Can just, we just not just be do silly this? again? Yeah. You clearly don't know what you're doing. And now I know why. It's because it was a good script that someone came in and did a hack job to, tried to like duct tape this together, and then they put it on film. And it's just like, ooh, woof. Nope. <laughs> But that, that's that's how most messes happen. Yeah. Yeah, it, start, it starts with the script that may be good, but then they cut that apart, and then they make a movie, and then they cut the movie apart, and then, you know, then they try to then they try to cobble it together with what they have left, and that's when you end up with shit like yeah, this. I, shit like everything DC's made. <laughs> I, I am shocked this film didn't have, like, a cutaway fade to black, and then they're in America, like, happy. Yeah, that's and he's the kind in of movie. Yeah, that's the kind of movie this is or turns into. Yeah, um, yeah no. And it's... they like they're they have Marcus kid like in in the stands cheering with like Marcus's NHL jersey on. Even though I don't know if he would have been an NHL player, but something like that. I I'm shocked. Yeah. No. Exactly. It. This is that kind of movie. Um, all right, let's move on to some behind the scenes here because this is it's this isn't this is getting ridiculous. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> uh, I heard the first cut was like two and a half, no, two hours long. Yes, it w- was awful. So after the prize screenplay that everybody wanted, that people thought was better than the original, um, and just like a great movie, Tyrion came in and said, "I really want to make a spectacle like WWF. This is the kind of movie I want to make. So he made the movie. It comes out to be two and a half hours long. They do a test screening of it um, before anything's really finished, too. They do a test screening of it, and audiences fucking hate it, eviscerate this movie. Um, The two and a half hour cut, and they're like, A, it's got to be shorter, and B, we got to get audiences to like it. They had a May 2001 release date, and they push it back to July. And they're like, we're going to fix this. We're going to edit it. We're going to finish it. We're going to make... We're going to make this right. They get to July. They do another test screening of it, and it just bombs again. <laughs> um, but now, mind you, this is an R-rated movie where uh, apparently, and we'll never get to see this footage, but apparently like skulls were getting crushed, teeth were flying out, bones were getting broken, like on screen. Like apparently this was like a very raw, v- extraordinarily violent thing where like, you were seeing a lot of gore and stuff like that. So maybe RoboCop level um, violence. Yeah, super vi- ultra violence. Yeah. Um, we were getting with this, but audiences hated the movie. So then they decide in July when they can't yeah. fix it to do reshoots, and they're like, "We're going to push it back even farther to uh, February 2002." And they're like, "You could do reshoots," and they do such extensive reshoots. They basically try to remake the movie within two months or whatever it is that they have for the reshoots and they uh the person that mctiernan lets see the movie to get a good opinion after they do the reshoots is the mega troll the worst human alive 
Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News. He gives the movie to. And mind you, there's still, at this point, there's still some blood and boobs in the movie. So, you know, Harry should be happy. And Harry's like, this might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but at least there's boobs and blood in it. At which time MGM decides, let's do PG-13. <laughs> and goes and cuts everything out of the movie to the point where they're just cutting giant scenes out and McTiernan's not even involved anymore with it. And they're just cutting chunks out. They don't even care if things don't make sense, but they have to get this PG-13 and make this release date. And that is how we got the Frankenstein movie that we have today. Oh, man, that makes sense. Because, I mean, there's... You know, in the action scenes, the one thing I would say, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the most important thing in an action film is the action scenes have to be good, cut well. Yeah, that's not here. That's not here, and it, it's and now it makes more sense because they cut out a lot of the extreme violence. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, and this was not something I could catch. I did catch the CGI. There, at one point, there's a woman in the changing room when they do the changing room scene later in the movie. There is a woman with a CGI bra on, which I caught in there, which made oh. me laugh. Um, but apparently some of the blood still made it into the movie, but they CGI'd it to sweat spray. So like when they would get hit, it would look like sweat instead of blood. But I didn't catch any of that in this move in the cut of this movie or well i mean it's funny because it, the, but i believe it's there the, the last match they beat the shit out of jonathan yeah but it's not it's really not that graphic like it the violence is there he's getting hit yeah. a lot but there's not a lot of blood there's not a lot of like like teeth or skull cracking like apparently was in the original yeah. cut of this um that's sad and yeah we just we lost all that because <laughs> mctiernan <laughs> literally th- had the producer wiretapped yes <laughs> to see if he was saying bad things about the studio he was going to try to blackmail him. yes and he hired a pi who also wiretapped someone else which is unknown but later we found out it was his uh ex-wife oh wow now, i, I didn't know. see that part of this well, i just saw I, the wiretapping of the producer I, I think he well he wiretapped both from the the same pi and his case went on from like 2004 and then finally, I think he served jail time in like 2014 uh, in like the cushy, you know, rich. I'm rich, a Hollywood like, director. <laughs> I, think, I think it was in like North Dakota, Montana, wherever it was like this. Like basically they took a college and turned it into a federal prison for white collar people. Uh, and he didn't even serve the entire year. You can read all about this. There's so much online about that because I loved reading about it. Because it's insane how if you have enough money, you can delay your sentencing forever. And then finally, after he got a year sentence, he only served like two or three months and the rest of it in his home, uh, which he ended up losing because he had to file for bankruptcy. And then he tried to weasel his way out of liquidating his assets. Like, this guy's just a fucking terrible weasel. Yes, he's the worst. And like I said, I don't want (laughs) to hang out with him. I don't want to fucking... I don't want to be in the same room as this guy. He sucks. But I hope he makes another movie because I'm sure it'll be fucking nutters. But, <laughs> but if I had a script, I told him he couldn't change in $50 million, I would let him make me a movie. <laughs> and I would take the backlash because at the end of the day, most likely, I'd triple my budget. Oh, uh, yeah. he's He is something else for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, I think his problem was in this is like too much creative control. And I think a lot of visual directors have this problem. And clearly he's trying to put a vision on screen here. It just doesn't work. None of it works. Uh, But I mean, he's got, I mean, you look at his fucking, just like his filmography. He knows how to do some shit. But like if you if you read up on him, you will see that he had almost exactly the same problems with this movie as he did with his movie before the Thirteenth Warrior. Uh, oh yeah, Thirteenth Warrior, which he mess. had a a lot of you know problems well, getting made. Didn't and a getting, uh, director or someone came into that one too to finish? Yeah, it. Michael Crichton, the author, came oh, in to Michael finish Crichton. the movie yeah, because. That's right. uh, McTiernan got fired from the set because he was being too fucking nutters to and work with. I actually like that movie, um, even though I can tell right away that man, it's been hacked to bits. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, but I'm sure I probably would like stuff in you know, it. You know, there's some people who might hear me say that I like it. Uh, I, I, again, I, I've said this in the past, other than like Lady Bird, oh, wait, damn it, Lady Hawk and... Um, what was the last fantasy film we just watched? Black Cauldron. I actually like fantasy films. I always find they're interesting, even though they're like basic as shit. You know, a good guy grabs a sword, saves a princess, yada yada. They're, I just like, you know, I like Game of Thrones, even though that one's much more sophisticated, nasty, full of peen and boobs. <laughs> That's actually the key to all fantasy films. The more peens, the higher the letter grade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nudity for all. Everybody should be naked in every fantasy film, and they'd all be good. Even, <laughs> even the monsters. Yes. Yes, especially the monsters. Put a big old swinging dick on a monster, <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> is, is that an elephant dick? No, it's a minotaur dick. <laughs> I didn't know they were okay. All right, now we know everything. Actually, that's from Your Highness. Yeah, Your Highness is the minotaur dick. And you know what? I kind of like that movie. It's I, not that good and i want and i like want to like it more than i actually like it but like i like it (laughs) and you're wrong (laughs) okay Uh, let's okay put something in the museum this is the second time i've had to reclaim my property from you that belongs in a museum so do you so every uh, week we take something from the movie, good or bad, and we put it into our museum so that we can remember it and or learn from it. Uh, what are you going to put in the museum this week? It's going to be bad. Um, when you make... Oh, there's so much bad to put in this. I, I searched. I searched for something good in this. I really did. But I'm going to pinpoint to the uh, the night vision scene. What I just... When we were talking about I don't understand the decision to take an entire like 10 to 15 minute scene and it's long and shoot it in night vision and it might the entire thing might not have been shot in night vision but it sure fucking seemed like it when i was watching it right yeah if so if you listen to every episode you know it's very rare for me to put something bad in the museum but once again this week i am gonna put something bad in the museum so this is like the second time like in the last couple months that i've done something bad is it uh is it Russians who try to speak English? No. Or French people that try to do Russian accents? Yeah. <laughs> no. Because Gene Reno is a treasure. Um, but I won't say his name correctly because I have too much of a Chicago accent. Um, but uh, no. Um, what I'm going to put in the... Well, that would have been my choice. But like because obviously everything is wrong about that scene. But uh, I, my choice is going to just be then um, 
the the edited violence like the i want to see this is the movie where i want to see explicit nudity and like bones being broken bone shards sticking out of arms blood everywhere teeth flying out of people's mouth this is that movie this is when you do that like this is your opportunity to make that kind of a movie so i am taking the uh the editing of the violence that we'll never get to see that's gone now forever um from this movie uh so they just like flushed it down the toilet you think probably unless you know somebody in 15 years is like i found all the footage from rollerball but then somebody's gonna be like go fuck yourself <laughs> like <laughs> can i take this and re-edit it and they're like no we don't want to prove that we're fucking awful yeah, we- can we just not talk about that film anymore because <laughs> here's the thing like i'm gonna well, i'm gonna say if you offered enough money mgm right now though might take it well that's what i was gonna say i think Here's what's going to happen, and I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. Within the next five years, probably within the next two years, Shout Factory is going to put this movie out on Blu-ray. And they're going to have some interviews with like Chris Klein. Or- you think Chris Klein will come back what to talk about it? What the fuck else it? is he doing? <laughs> Not remembering this coke field obsession time. Um They'll get Gene Reno because he does. He says yes to everything. Um, they're gonna get. Oh they, yeah, he'll do it. He'll yeah. do it. They're gonna get. He in has it. nothing to be ashamed of in this. Yeah, because he's he's actually giving a good performance in this movie. The movie's just not good. He just forgets to speak yeah. Russian, but he's accent. going for yeah. it. Like he's being wild. He's being bug eyed in this movie the way he should be. Like he's yeah. being as coked out as McTiernan clearly is. Um, but. Uh, they're gonna put out like they're gonna put out this R-rated version. They're gonna find some deleted scenes, but like it's ne- we're never gonna get the real version of that. But I'm calling it now. Shout Factory is gonna put out a version with a couple interviews and a couple deleted scenes in like two years, and people will buy it. People will see it. Whatever. People will be like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was. But I want to see the good stuff. I want to see the fucking skulls being cracked. <laughs> I want to see the the boobies and the wang dangs. Yes, that's what is also missing. Um, <laughs> just an entire scene. Like, <laughs> just naked people walking around a locker room. Uh, Done. You know, you know something else that pisses me off in the marketing of this is the rated R version for home video. No, it's it, they didn't add anything. They like, literally uncensored a couple of the boobs. Yeah. You could see Rebecca Romaine's boobs a little bit better. Like, that's about it. Yeah. You got to do a little bit more than revealing her perfectly shaped body. Like, lit- the the girl with the CG bra is still in this version. You know, like so oh, is yeah, I, that's still in I, this version. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to find that. <laughs> it's near the end of the movie. Look for it at the it, end. Near the like the last half hour in the last locker room scene, you'll see. It. She like goes to put on a towel too, which is weird because she has a bra on. But you then you like oh. see the pixelation of where it's clearly not something there. It's really funny. Go oh, back and find that's it. It's awful, and it's in this. I'm doing air quotes, R-rated cut. <laughs> I think we should cover this movie with a towel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just... uh, let this one die. If you come across this VHS in a Goodwill or a uh salvation army fucking just leave it there yeah you don't need it actually cover it up with like something else yeah just hide it like don't let anybody else take this don't let anybody else make this mistake i will say like i said the first half of the movie i or maybe first half hour of the movie i was feeling it and then it but it loses me so hard yeah after that like i can't recommend even for the first half hour i can't recommend it i guess what's even more frustrating like just like kind of just looking at this as a whole is 
It's not even a good bad film where you're like laughing at it you, and just having a good time. I it's, was you, for a half hour. You you kind of just like phase out. Yep. I literally browned out. I was like, I'm just going to be on my phone looking up information about this movie because what the movie is presenting to me is not that interesting. No. Uh, okay. Uh, as usual, you can subscribe iTunes, Podbean, uh, YouTube. We'll put all the ridiculous amount of uh, trailers on this film. And maybe a few scenes, um, uh, maybe even CG bra, if I can find it. Um, and then, uh, you know, rate and review us. We uh, really appreciate it. Uh, also, talk to us on Facebook. You know, just let us know. It's, hey, I know a lot of you like to talk to me in person over a uh, message, but just go right on that Facebook page. Don't be afraid. Yeah, we can start a conversation with everybody. Uh, I always I always go through and leave little funny comments on the stuff that Steve posts. So um, we're both on there. We'll both talk yeah. to you. Um, and email us, too. Uh, suggestions or yeah. uh, comments uh, if you're offended by things I said in this episode. <laughs> you know, let us know. Oops. Um, he's highly offensive, folks. He's, I'm the worst. I'm yeah. the worst. But uh, yeah, that's uh, we just like to talk. We just like to talk about movies. We're just like super nerds. So don't be afraid. We won't make fun of you unless you, you know, put. I don't know. Um, unless you think Rollerball is one of the best movies of all time, then I might question your. Then I'm gonna opinions. I'm, I think you should be deported to Russia. <laughs> uh, but uh, remember to be kind and rewind. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against it? Because don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Sea. Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman, I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? I I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com. <laughs>